Like Hal said, my name is Mark. I get the privilege of leading the exchange ministry here. And if it's your first time here, we are so glad that you are joining us. You came uh, the perfect night. We're kicking off Mixtapes Volume 2. How many of you have been here uh, for our mixtape series in the past? Yeah, come on. So today we're, we're going to kick it off, and uh, I'm really excited about this opportunity to talk as we, we hop into a conversation really just centered on dating. And like Pastor Hal said, this is just us being real, just sharing from experiences, from failures, from heartaches, heartbreaks, and all of that. And it's not that we've done this all right or have it all figured out. So I want to really lean into that. I want to lead with that heart. And like Pastor Hal said, man, if you have questions, uh, we're here to answer them. We're here to talk to you. If you have something that you, you didn't really jive with or you felt some type of, it's cool. Let's talk about it. Just don't tweet it. Don't throw it on the gram. That would be appreciated. Anyways, so here, here, here we are today. We're talking about relationships and specific, uh, we're talking about dating. And I just kind of wanted to lean in and talk about some of my past experiences and some things that I really believe uh, can help us get through dating uh, the right way. And I want to start here. How many of you, uh, any Kanye fans? Any Ye fans? Few of us after what's been taking place, but I don't know about you, but 808 and Heartbreaks, anybody remember that album? kind of gas. You remember that song, Heartless? In the night of You know what I'm saying? That was my vibe. I remember when that album first came out. I was nothing but probably, I don't know, maybe 12. And I remember just repeat after repeat, repeat after repeat, speaking about Heartless. And I started really listening to the lyrics. You ever listen to a song and then the lyrics hit you like, wait, what? What? I was listening to this song all the time as like a 12, 13-year-old boy, and I remember it finally hit me, and I started asking the question like, what is my dog going through? Like, what has this dude got going on? I think it's so funny, though, when I mention this song, because he wrote this song probably 15 years ago or so, and here we are, 2021. It's probably the song that he's listening to and singing and reflecting on. I think songs, music, it has a lot to say about relationships. In fact, I think that it influences the way we think about relationships today. Not only songs, not only music, not only Kanye West, if you, you don't know what I'm talking about, him and Kim Kardashian, divorce, yes. Just thought I'd put that out there. Because it's, it's Kimye, like everybody, when Kim and Kanye got married, it was like, oh my gosh, I want to be like them. It's the most envied relationship. Well, the reality is, how far did that really get them? I think about uh, not only music, I think about what we see on social media today. In 2021, uh, in 2020, what we were left with was uh, quarantine couples, quarantine weddings, right? We got quarantine babies just popping up out of nowhere, right? I think it's so crazy that we could even look at uh, social media and maybe in five swipes, we always see a couple standing in the middle of a hayfield. Whose idea was that? Kind of strange. And not only social media has a great influence on the way we look at relationships, I also think TV shows. You got TV shows like The Bachelor, Bachelorette. You've got Married at First Sight. You've got 90 Day Fiance. I, I, I mean, we laugh about it, but it's, it's almost like they're making a mockery of, of what oh, a vow before God really is all about. It's 90 Day Fiance, Married at First Sight, it's almost like essentially purchasing a car, trying it out, and if you don't like it, saying, maybe I can just return it. You see, the other thing about that is, that's not what God has to say about relationships. That's not how it works. 
And specific to the area of dating, I know that the Bible doesn't really directly speak to dating. It doesn't give us like a blueprint or a layout or an outline on the topic of dating. But I really do believe that the Bible does give us some principles that can help us better date. It could equip us. It could change us in hopes that we would have better guidelines to help us while we are dating. I just want to start out here, and I think this is the greatest problem today. Instead of hearing about relationship successes, we're hearing a lot more about heartbreaks and heartaches. And I think so often in this day and age, many relationships, before they even get started, they're failing. Many relationships today, before they can even get started, they are failing. And in large part, it's because we have allowed culture, filtrated facades, we've allowed uh, images, all these different things, all of these rivals of the world to, to look over what God's word really has to say when it comes to dealing with relationships. And this is an important topic to me because I actually had to experience a lot more heartbreaks and heartaches before I met my wife, Michelle. So it's really something that's close to me because I really do believe relationships, they can impact you and influence you, they can build you, and they can also break you. So I think that we got to lean in. And the truth is, here I am three years into marriage with my wife, but it was not an easy journey. Like, we, we, we both came from broken homes. Our parents were divorced. And it was hard for us because we never really had an ideal role model or model of what a relationship or marriage looks like God's way. And when we dated, we, we really had nothing to fall back on except the word of God. And it still wasn't easy. It still created some challenges. And the thing about that is, is I think when it comes to dating, it's, it's always going to be challenging. It's always going to be challenging because dating's not this old thing with a ton of history on it. In fact, it's actually something that kind of surfaced in the 50s. You see, in uh, the era the Bible was written, they would have this thing called an arranged marriage. An arranged marriage probably looked like this with uh, two families probably sitting like in the middle of uh, a gathering or a parlor or something. And they, they have this conversation. And the father of, of a girl, she says, hey, hey, dude, I'll, I'll give you, you know, maybe five oxen if my daughter can marry your son. Could you just imagine being that girl like, Dad, come on, I'm worth more than five oxen. Seriously? Come on, Dad, I'm worth more than five oxen. And really, the thing about it is, is dating surfaced in the 50s, and we really have no blueprint. But what I can tell you today is we have some principles that we can go by. So here I am today. I want to talk, as we open up this series, I want to talk about five things. Five things that I believe will change the way you date. And I, I wish I would have known this when I was dating. I wish I would have had this perspective because I really do believe it can influence you for the better. Not only will it protect you, it will keep you whole. It will keep you whole. I want to start out right here. Number one is this. Dating should be intentional and not recreational. Dating should be intentional and not recreational. I remember when I was a kid, I used the term girlfriend and dating so loosely. I remember I was like eight years old and I come running through the door like, mom and dad, I found the one. And they just probably looked at me like, good job, son. You know, like so dismissive, no cares. But I even think today, I think that we have grown men and women who still are treating relationships and dating like children. Like children, as if it's a game, as if it's recreational. And you say, here's the truth today. We have grown men and women 
that are treating dating as if it's recreational, but we all know that dating is meant for a matured individual who understand its purpose. I really do believe this. I really do believe something that was created for an adult in the hands of a child is a very dangerous thing. Something that was created for an adult in the hands of a child is a really dangerous thing. And that's why I want to lean into this as we get going. Because dating isn't intended for playmates. It's the beginning of walking and working towards finding a soulmate. It's walking and working towards finding a soulmate. So guys, I just want to start here. This is, like we said, this is not an attack. This is me being real. Guys, let's start here. Let's not drag girls along and play mental chess games with their mind. Let's start there. Ladies, I I will say this. Let's not string guys along and hold them like accessories on your arm as if they're a trophy. I just think that's the truth of it. And if your intentions are in the proper place and you feel you are ready to date, you start by getting to know that person with the intentions of getting to know them as a friend. You don't just hop straight into it. You start with the intentions of getting to know them as a friend. Not only what's under, I'm not even going to go there. Can I? See, here's, here's, what I, here's what I want you to know. Dating guys, girls, this goes both ways. It's not with the intent of trying to find out what's underneath their clothes, but what's within their heart. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I had to. I, I felt really led to do that. Because going on a date, it's something that really takes us being intentional about what we're putting out, what we're saying, what we're doing, how we're carrying ourselves through our conversations. And going on a date or dating, it's it's the moment where you have crossed the line of saying, I I know this person, to I want to know them on a deeper level. I want to know more about them. I want to connect with them on a different level. And guys, if you're going to date... Let's start here. Let's ask a girl on a date. Use the word. Let's ask a girl on a date. If you want to start out on the right foot, ask the question, will you go on a date with me? And the way you follow that up is respectfully picking out a location at an appropriate time and communicating the desired outcome. This is going to be fun, Hal. This is going to be fun. Oh, man. All right, here we go. Come on. All right, here we go. I'm back. So I I also want to say this because I really want to lean into this. I think this is important that we grasp this. Because if you are on a date and you're beginning to realize that things aren't really adding up and there is no connection, don't continue to drag it on. Cut it right there. Cut it right there. Cut it right there. And that doesn't mean that on date number one, it will all make sense. Doesn't mean on date number one, I'll know she is the one. It might take a couple times, but if you do have that clarity that I need to cut it off right here, please 
be obedient to that prompting in your heart because it will take you so far out. It will take you so far out. But if if it becomes clear that that is the person, communicate that. Don't resist that. Communicate that. I want to do this. Number two, and this speaks to a lot of us who, or many of you who are in this room who's probably single. Don't lower your standards. Lengthen your patience. Don't lower your standards. Lengthen your patience. So many of us, we so easily sell ourselves short of what we know to be true when it comes to the right guy or right girl because we, we just don't want to wait. We just want to just hop into something. We immediately want to just get into it. I want to start here. Ladies, you are not in the market for a boy. You are in need of a man. Don't settle. Don't sell yourself short. Guys, I'm going to talk to you too. You definitely are in need of a girl. You need a woman. So lean into that and understand that. Don't lower your standards. Lengthen your patience. And when you understand starting off on the right foot means not every guy or every girl because they wear a cross around their neck, because they have a cross tattooed to their arm, because they have a Bible verse in their bio, that does not automatically mean God sent them your way or they are the person for you. So we need to understand call isn't to lower our standards, it's to lengthen our patience. You see, honoring God in a relationship It leads us to desire what God has for us. So God gives us these things called standards for men and women. He puts them in his word. They're they're standards. He he calls them standards of a godly man and a godly woman. I I think that it's important that we address that. And it's super, super easy. If you want to go a little bit deeper, you can Google it. What are some godly standards for a man or a woman? But after I was reading scripture, I just kind of wanted to simplify it and, and sum it up at this. Ladies, here's a, a standard for a godly man. Someone, and I took this from 1 Corinthians, actually. It says uh, someone who, who's loving, someone who's kind, a man who's humble, a man who's honorable, a man who's selfless, a man who's well-tempered, courageous, trustworthy, and optimistic. And the last but not least, I think this is the most important. A man that is clearly portraying one who has a growing relationship with Jesus. I kind of want to say this. I love you. I want you to know ahead of time. The the most important, the the hardest one for me is patience. I love my wife to death. She's gorgeous. She's amazing. But that girl takes forever to get ready to go anywhere. I'm sorry. I have to. And it's, it's not like she's trying to do the most or anything. It's just how she is. I mean, it's like I could literally be like, hey, babe, 7 o'clock. We're going to go to dinner. We're going to leave the house. We're going to go to dinner. And I know in my heart, 7 o'clock comes around. It's probably the time that I get ready to eat a meal, take about a two-hour nap, wake up, check on Michelle. She's still doing her hair. Maybe take another hour nap and then see if we're ready to roll. You see, patience for me was a struggle. And I'm not just trying to say it to, to make a joke out of it. But, man, be intentional in trying to understand where are my deficits, where do I need to get stronger, Where are my setbacks? Where are my greatest opportunities to prepare myself for what God has in store for me? Woman, ladies, for you, or guys, this is a standard for a godly woman. 
took this from Proverbs 31, and this is a great passage of scripture. I summed it up at this. A woman who works hard, who is strong and peaceful without drama, because I, I don't know. I think this is the problem with guys, too, because sometimes guys are like, ooh, that's cute. <laughs> I really do think this because drama when you're dating is 10 times different than a girl who's dramatic when you're married. So I just wanted to say that. Anyways, back to the script. Here we go. A woman who is trustworthy and has self-control. A woman who truly understands how important their role is. And above all else, a woman who has a growing relationship with Jesus. Oh, they going. <laughs> He's feeling it. <laughs> so I know we're probably sitting here, we're all wondering, but what about the six-pack? What about the biceps? Dudes, we sitting here like, what about the curves, Hutch? What about the curves, Mark? Hang tight, we're going to get there. <laughs> we're going to get there. We're going to get there. So we started, out, we, we, we started out speaking about standards, right? Not lowering our standards. I said, don't lower your standards, lengthen your patience. I want to talk about the product of patience. Because guys, I know many of you in this room, I, I've been here, you feel like a ticking time bomb. You're like, Mark, you don't get it. My hormones, the things that I'm feeling inside of me, Mark, like I'm a ticking time bomb, bro. I mean, let's be real here, right? And I know it's a real thing, but... I just want to remind you, if that's your outlook, chances are you need to go back to the standard and remind yourself of the standard of self-control. Go back to the standards that God sets out for all godly men and reflect on the one that speaks to self-control. Men, it's not easy. I know it's hard, but we got to remind ourselves that there's always going to be things that we have to actively work on, whether we're single, dating, engaged, married. There's always going to be things that we have to actively work on it. I think that a product of patience is understanding God has a plan specific for you. Maybe you don't know that. God has a, a plan that is specific to your status, your relationships, whether you're single, whether you're dating, whether you're engaged, whether you're married. God has a plan for you. He has a plan for you. And it may look different than how you designed it in your mind. But I don't know about you. I'd rather trust the plan that God has for my life than move on my own accord. I want to point you to Proverbs 3, uh, 3 uh, verses 5 through 6. And I think this is maybe a verse that we all know. Trust in the Lord with all of our heart. Lean not in our own understanding, but in all of our ways, acknowledge him. But I think when it comes to the area specific to dating, it's super hard to trust God. So hard to trust God. So I ask, where, where's your trust? Is your trust in what you know to be true, your desires, what you feel feels right, or is your trust in the one who created relationships, the creator of relationships? But if we can't remain patient, the most common thing we find ourselves doing is using the famous line, I think I'm just going to give it a shot. I think I might just give her a shot. I might give him a shot. Even when you're in a relationship and you're realizing like, man, this ain't going too far, but you're worried there's probably not any other guy that's available or girl that's available to you. So you just keep saying it. I'm just going to keep on giving it a shot. I'm not too sure about it. I'm going to give him a shot. I'm not too sure about her. I'm not, I'm, I'm just going to give her a shot. And I think the, the important thing is about giving people a shot is when you shoot enough shots, you will shoot your hope down to the point that it's dead. 
When you continue to just say, I'm going to hand out a shot, I'm going to shoot my shot, I'm going to try it out and see how it goes, you are literally shooting down your shot at finding the right person that is compatible for you. That's compatible for you. You're, you're literally diminishing your hope. And you see, if he isn't a guy that measures up to the standards, ladies, don't, don't stay. Don't feel like you, you have to stay. Like, like I said, cut it off and go even after the first date. If it's not the right girl, let it go and move on, man. Don't settle. Trust his plan. Trust that he has it taken care of. Trust that he is going to order each and every one of your steps because not realizing you're settling now will hit different when you realize you're well when you realize you're married already and you settled that hits different i hear it all the time from people man we're just not compatible it's just it doesn't work don't don't keep forcing the issue don't keep forcing the issue and here's the thing about holding someone to a standard that you can't be so focused i i i Here's what I'm trying to say, because I I think this was my hard part too. You can get so caught up in saying, I'm going to hold him or her to a standard and forget that you have to be held to a standard as well. You see, get this, because when you point the finger at someone else, don't forget you have three fingers pointing back at yourself. Like, I need us to get that because I, I do this in, in my marriage, or I used to do this when I first got married. I would say, Michelle, 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 Michelle. And I'd have to step back and realize, like, Mark, a lot of this is self-inflicted. So if we don't nip this in the bud, now it will carry through to the place that you want your desired happily ever after. And then you begin to ask yourself the question, did I marry the wrong person? Did I commit to the wrong person? Did I vow before God to the wrong person? person understand settling doesn't mean you're taking less than you deserve it might just be it's not the right person for you or you're not the right person for them settling is a two-way street keep it that way and ladies here's what I want you to know I want you to know you're a daughter of the most high God you're a daughter of the most high God when you understand your worth you won't settle men same thing for you God calls you his son. When you know your worth, you you won't settle. When you know your worth, you stop giving discounts. You stop selling yourself short. So how do we remind ourselves of that? We go back to what God has to say about us. You see, some of you right now in this room are probably still like, when is he getting to the part about the physical attraction? You're still sitting on the edge of your seat wondering about that. I want to lean in right here. We're going to get to it. Ready? Get this point. This is important. Don't let your appetite become your God. Don't let your appetite become your God. If you didn't know, I used to play uh, college football. And uh, when I played football, I I would obviously be burning a lot of calories, anywhere from maybe 4,000 to 6,000 calories with workouts and practice and all of that stuff. But the thing about that is, is your boy could eat. And I would eat whatever I wanted. I remember when I first met Michelle, she'd just like sit at a table and be like, he's going to eat us broke if we get married. (laughs) And the crazy thing about it is, is here we are, fast forward. Obviously, your boy ain't playing football no more. But I still, I still have these cravings. I still have this hunger. I still have this appetite. 
But the problem is I'm not burning as many calories as I used to. <laughs> That's kind of bad. And my wife, she, she did this awesome thing where um, now she's doing what we call portion control in our house, which sucks. Um, <laughs> Girl, be, be careful. <laughs> but she's pretty great for it. I'm, I'm grateful. Thank you for doing portion control. Not. <laughs> but get this, because I think just like that, so many, of us, so many of us allow our appetites, our cravings, and our desires to control us. And we feast with our eyes. And we feast with our eyes. I want to talk about uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 19. This moment where Paul is speaking to uh, a group of people, some Jewish people. And he's saying that they only go after the things that they desire. They only go after the things that they crave. They only go after the things that they feast. And he says it's leading them to a place of destruction. Philippians 3, verse 19, it says their end is destruction. Their God is their stomach. Their glory is in their shame, and they are focused on other things. And I'm not saying your desire for a physical attraction is wrong. You obviously don't want to look at your boyfriend, your girlfriend, husband, and wife, like every time you see them. <laughs> so I, I, I want to make that very clear. I don't want to be like legalistic, like, oh, this dude's legalistic. No, I want to be real. Here we go. But it's when you make a physical attraction the first thing and the only thing you look for. It's a dangerous thing. It's a dangerous thing when you do that. And maybe for you, your, your hunger, your motivation isn't just finding a significant other based on their looks. Maybe for you, you're craving a connection. Maybe for you, you're craving attention. Maybe for you, you are craving a feeling or a sensation. And I want to tell you the problem about that. You see your desire for a connection. It will take you so far out in the middle of the night when you, you're craving that feeling to connect with somebody. And you realize there's not many people available. You don't have a spouse laying next to you, but you have a phone. So you roll over and you grab it and you download Tinder or Bumble. And you're just hoping that's going to satisfy that craving. It's a craving for a connection. It will take you so far out. I think that if it doesn't get you in this season of life, it will catch up to you. I, I really don't joke about this, but we have a real, real big problem on our hand because we have grown men and women who are now paying for a connection. Maybe it's not the craving for a connection. Maybe it's the craving for attention. So what you think you should do is post provocative photos on Instagram. Or as you go out, you think, man, why not just show a little more skin? Or you're, you're craving attention, so, so what you turn to do is wearing short shorts that you know just probably aren't representing a daughter of God, a daughter of Christ. You see, the crave for attention, it will push you to start dating someone as well. Ladies, I, I want to say this because I've seen this all the time. I see this all the time. The craving for attention will lead you to think, man, I can't find somebody my age. Maybe I need to double that up and date older. Or give way to saying, I just need a sugar daddy. Like, we laugh about it because we see it in movies, but it's a reality. Sometimes that may take you that far out. You're craving for attention. I think about the desire for a feeling or a sensation, we'll call it. And, and this is a real deal issue because, I mean, men, women, we all struggle with this thing where, where we want to feel something. That's why we do fall to the things that we fall to. I think one of, the, one of the most obvious and evident vices is 
It's pornography. Pornography, and I don't even really want to go deep into it. Like I said, I want to keep this talk at really five principles, but I was reading an article the other day on a man by the name of John Mayer. If you don't know him, okay, cool. But John Mayer, here's this guy, and he did this, he did this interview with Playboy, and here's John Mayer, and he's talking about how he'd rather self-pleasure himself than have sex with a woman. He'd rather look at pornography. In fact, he actually stated this. He said there's been times in his, in his life where before he gets out of bed, he's already viewed over 300 nude images of women. And what, what's perplexing to me is that this is John Mayer. Like, like seriously, if you don't know him, like, you, you should probably like Google it. Like, this dude could probably get any woman, right? This dude could probably get any woman, but he'd rather self-OD on something that he could provide himself in, in need of a sensation, in need of a feeling, out of convenience. Let me just tell you this. Pornography does this one thing where it allows you not only to look for look through hundreds of images or videos in hope that you will achieve the desired sensation or be able to uh, do what you all have or what you have in mind when you, when you look at pornography. But what that does, it shows up in the way you go about relationships because just like you look through 100 images, when you walk and you meet different girls, it's gonna take you 100 times more connections with a woman till you're able to realize her worth. Essentially, it makes dating almost like a draft. When you think about pornography, you're looking at looking through video after video, picture after picture, in hopes that you could accomplish this desired feeling, this sensation. And the thing about it is, is that it's going to lead you to so many more heartbreaks because your foundation is built off of a feeling. And if you're trying to do dating God's way, you're not going to get that feeling until you vow and walk with that person and commit to death do its part. So you always think the problem is she doesn't give me that feeling. He doesn't give me that feeling. I don't get that feeling, that sensation that I desire. No, the problem is self-inflicted because the desire was something that you realize or something that you know you can give yourself. Protect your soul. Protect your soul. The craving for sensation, the craving for a feeling will take you so far out. You see, our desires oftentimes lead us. Our cravings oftentimes lead us to focus on characteristics over character. And that's when it gets dangerous. And that's when it gets dangerous because you think about curves over character. You think about the same thing with guys. It's like the new thing is a dad bod. Like, I guess that is curves. <laughs> but the truth is, you desire curves over character. Characteristics over character. You see, if maturity, it's maturity that leads you to understand beauty is a depreciating asset. Looks are a depreciating asset. Proverbs 31, verse 30, it says, Charm is deceptive and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Charm is deceptive, beauty does not last, but a woman or a man who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Here's a disclaimer. What you see at 22 is not what you'll get at 72. I'll even say that. 
show me a man or a woman at the age of 72 that gravity hasn't gotten a hold of. Let's be real. Let's be real. And that leads to number four. Don't put words in God's mouth. I probably could have set that up a little different, right? But don't put words in God's mouth. You see, this is something I'm a BG. I struggled with this because I had my own desires. I had my own agenda. And I wanted to validate those desires by saying, I think God's leading me, God's prompting me, or God's telling me. Don't put words in God's mouth. You see, God will never tell you to do anything that contradicts his word. So no, it's not God who's saying it's permissible to have that one night hookup deal. It's, it's not God who agrees with you just sending pictures, saying, but it's only to one person. It's not God that's telling you, and we hear this all the time. It, I think it's best that I just save some money, so I think that I'm going to move in with my boyfriend or girlfriend. God didn't tell you that. You see, God definitely didn't say, in order to confirm this is the person that you're going to spend the rest of your life with, you need to just take it for a test drive. You see, and maybe for you, you're struggling with what you're looking for, and you feel suddenly God gave you a description of that, that guy or that girl. I, I think I'm going to go for the girl. She's 5'7". I've got it made up. God told me she's 5'7". Blonde hair. Almond-shaped eyes. Or... Man, God told me, you know, like my husband, he, he's going to be 6'4", making six figures. My husband's going to be a professional athlete. Like, no, God never told you that. God didn't tell you that. And the question is this, even if you didn't get that desired outcome, that description that you have made up in your mind, would you still trust his will? Would you still trust his plan? Or are you just going to keep on going your way? which we all know leads us so far out from God's promises. See, I want to remind you, we begin to put words in God's mouth to validate our desires in hopes that we can fulfill the desire that we have within our heart. I want to say this. This is the most important thing you could get from today. There is no relationship with a man, with a woman, boy, or girl that can satisfy the void in your heart. Principle number five is this, a horizontal relationship will never complete you. A horizontal relationship will never complete you. And maybe you're sitting here saying, what, what is that? A horizontal relationship is a relationship with people that are sitting in this room, a peer, a friend, even family, a significant other, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, someone you're engaged to, a spouse, that person cannot complete you. They can't solve your problems. The only one who can is God. And the thing that drives you to that understanding is understanding, above all else, I must have a vertical relationship with God. And that vertical relationship with God is the thing that will fill the void in my heart. And I know oftentimes you may be in this room, you already have a relationship with Jesus and you made him Lord of your life. You understand what he did for you on a cross by dying for all of your sins and you still feel it's not enough. I want to tell you, from the beginning of time, it was man's desire that led to the fall. 
in your life right now, the thing that will lead you to the fall, to your fall, is by following your desires. Is by following your desires. A horizontal relationship will never complete you. It's only a vertical relationship with Jesus that can satisfy the whole in your heart. I'm going to pray for us. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I think there may be somebody in this room that's just realizing in this moment, like, I, I have had this all wrong. I haven't given this over to Jesus. I haven't surrendered. The Bible tells us God is a God of forgiveness. And he's just calling you back home. So there's two types of people. There's people that just need to say, God, I, I need to give my relationship status to you. I need to give these desires over to you. I need to give these promptings over to you. I need to give these cravings over to you. And I want to pray for that. But I also really do believe in a room, in an environment this big with a lot of new people, a lot of first-time faces. There's somebody in this room that's hearing this message of Jesus for the first time that is understanding he is after you. Despite what you have done, despite your past, despite your hurt, despite your, your hang-ups, your bad habits, he's after your heart. The Bible tells us you don't have to be fixed to be found by God. He's just calling you back home. So if that's you and you're realizing, I, I do need this vertical relationship with Jesus. There is a gaping hole. I've tried everything. But I need to try Jesus. If that's you, every head bowed, every eye closed, there's no shame. Go ahead and slip your hand up. Go ahead and slip your hand up. Hands going up across the room in this moment. I want to pray, Lord. Father, I pray right now for each and every person that is saying, Lord, I need this vertical relationship. I need a relationship with you. I pray, Father, that you would fill them with your spirit. I pray, God, you would meet them right where they are, Lord, that you would remind them that if they believe in their heart and profess with their mouth, they will be saved. I pray, Lord, for those salvations right now, those people, you know them and you see them. So I pray that you would meet them right where they are. If that's you and you, you just said, I, I want to step into this vertical relationship, I want to make sure we get an opportunity to connect after service. But the second group of people I want to pray for is those who need to release their relationship status their singleness, their heartbreak, their heartache, all of that on the God. So Father, I pray right now for each and every person that's in this room that's realizing, Lord, they've been trying to carry out this dating deal their way, but they need to turn it back to you. I pray, Lord, that you would work in their heart. I pray, Lord, that you would guide them. I pray, Lord, you would bring peace where there's brokenness. I pray, Lord, for anyone in a relationship right now that's figure, trying to figure it out, Am I messing this up? Am I trying? What am I doing? Where can I, where can I fix this? I pray that you would give them wisdom and understanding. And I pray, Lord, that they would cast their anxiety, their doubts, their worries, and their shame on you because you care for them. You love them and you know them. And you'll never leave them nor forget them because nothing can separate us from your love. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, hey, we, uh, we just jumped in. I know this was kind of like off the deep end. And uh, I want you to know, this isn't a message to condemn. This isn't a message to point the finger. This is a message to remind you, wherever you find yourself in life, God's gonna meet you right where you are and he's gonna supply and meet each and every one of your needs, amen? amen. Love you guys.